We continue in our sermon series based on the prayer, a prayer for the church in these times. This week's sermon is uh, on the line, and grant us to count our more complicated blessings, our lack of health, yea, even the knowledge of death. For until we learn that life is limitation, we are surely as formless and as shallow as a stream without its banks. The complicated blessing of death. This is a sermon on death. And I hope it will be a blessing. We have come familiar with daily death counts. The news seems to have it every night. The number of confirmed cases of COVID virus, the number of deaths, daily, weekly, annually. We now get projections of deaths by the end of the year. Add to that the deaths we're experiencing on our streets and the reports and protests of those. As much as death is out there, it's a topic we avoid. For we don't know what to say. The fear of death is paralyzing. The grief of death is unbearable. We don't know what to say when someone tells us their cancer has advanced. We don't know what to say when we learn that someone's loved one or our loved one has died. We don't know what to say when we go to a funeral home visitation. Words often sound hollow and empty and formulaic. Sometimes our words are irritating. Sometimes it's better just to keep silence and be there. My theology professor in seminary told the story of when he visited the theologian Paul Tillich after Tillich had had a very serious heart attack. Tillich said to him, I'm going to have to rework my section on human suffering. His experience of pain and suffering had changed what he had written. We can only talk about death when the unbearable grief becomes bearable sorrow. And we might begin to see it as a complicated blessing. 
this sermon's kind of random thoughts on death. One thing I want to say at the very beginning is I have lots of trouble when people talk about a death at a young age, a tragic death, as the will of God. I don't think God wills deaths. I believe that God's heart is the first to break on a tragic death. God suffers with us in our unbearable grief. In one of his sermons, William Sloan Coffin says that death is not the enemy we make it out to be. He says, consider the alternative, which is life without death. Life without death would be interminable. There would be no reason to get out of bed. We could stay in bed forever. There would be no reason to make up our mind. There would be no reason for meetings to end. They could just go on and on and on. Sometimes they do feel that way. There would be no reason to confront anybody. There would be no reason to change. We could be very, very bored. Life could be like Bill Murray's life in Groundhog Day. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. Death cannot be the enemy if it is death that brings us to life. The limit of death wakes us up. The limit of death is a boundary that deepens us and gives us direction. As it says in the prayer, without the limitation of death, we are like a river without banks. We are shallow and just spread everywhere. Death calls us to use our time well, to grow up, to not take things for granted. We don't have forever to forgive that person. We don't have forever to love that person. We don't have forever to be generous. We don't have forever to be kind. We have to become human. Death changes what we essentially are. Death asks us to make a commitment, to decide what we're going to die for and what we're going to live for. Death asks us to appreciate life. I have come to the awareness that death helps me see people clearly. When someone dies, I feel like I see them better. I understand their motivations. 
I understand that some of the things I attributed to them are false and not true. I see them in a different light. I think of the centurion at the death of Jesus when he looked at the dead Jesus and said, truly this was the Son of God. The scales had fallen from his eyes and he saw this dead Jew for what he was, the Son of God. And I feel that when I experience people's death. I see them for who they are. And I hope when I die, people will have that experience when they look at me. It's said that death is the great equalizer. It's not that death equalizes us. It punctures the pretension and illusion that we weren't equal in the first place. Death reminds us that we aren't better or worse than our neighbor. Death tells us that we are not God. Death tells us that we are human, that we are mortal. Several years ago, I went into the hospital room of a person whose doctor had just visited him and told him that his cancer was very far advanced. And I said, well, how do you feel about this? And he said, you know, I thought I would be the one. I really thought I would be the one. what do you mean by that? And he said, I thought I would be the one that death would forget. That I would be the one that somehow would live forever. And I realized that I've had those thoughts too. And it confuses my mortality with with God. Isaiah says, the people are like grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. I think of the arrogance I have when I behave as God and forget that I'm mortal. I think of the damage I do in my judgment and in my self-righteousness to relationships to my neighbors to the earth it's good to be reminded that we are not God so that we don't act in arrogance When I asked sermon starters what they thought of the notion that they weren't God, they said, thank God that we are not God. It takes a lot of weight off our shoulders. It leaves it in God's hands, and it's such a relief to do that. 
if we are not God, and death reminds us that we are not God, then it leads us to our need of God. Last week, Colleen talked about the complicated blessing of poverty and the lack of money and how we tend to think that all of our problems can be solved with money. And the lack of money forces us to use the other tools in our toolbox. The toolbox, the tools of relationship and the tools of community and the tools of creativity and the tools of mentorship and teachers and parents and children. Well, death reminds us of the other tools in our toolbox. We know that story of the student who went to the Buddhist master to learn the wisdom and the, and the Buddhist master brought out a teapot in a small cup and told the student to, to fill up the teacup and the student filled it up and the master said, keep going, keep going and poured and it was overflowing and going all over the table. And the master said, this is how your life is. You're so full of yourself. You need to empty yourself before I can teach you anything. And death is like that. It empties our cup so that it can be filled with God. Richard War says, God isn't the one who empties that cup. All of us will have our cup emptied somehow, some way, just by living. But what about life after death? I can no more prove it than I can disprove it. I can't prove it, but I feel that I have experienced it. On occasion, I have the privilege to be present when someone dies. I have the privilege to sit with them in the room after they've died. And without exception, I've experienced a presence greater than myself. I've experienced the presence of God. I can't prove it, but I've experienced it. I have two favorite lines from the funeral service. The first is, Acknowledge, O Lord, John. A lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. That's true. I am a sinner. 
of God's redeeming. That God and God's love will not let me go. That God and God's love will not forget me. That God's love is stronger than death. And the other line is, we give you thanks for John, whose life in your love will never end. Again, that God's love is stronger than death. What can separate us from the love of God? And I think, would a loving God just end it and say, that's it? It's hard to conceive of a God of love without some life beyond the grave. Death calls me to get to work on growing up and becoming human. Not for a reward, but to be human. And I believe at death, God will say, I'm going to take this material you've been working on, this project you've been working on, and we're going to continue to work on it, that you will be fully human and fully perfect in love and in kindness. For the opening hymn, we sang, All Creatures of Our God and King. It's a wonderful hymn of praise where Francis calls on all of creation to praise God. You know, sun, praise God, moon, praise God, flowers, plants, trees, water, rocks, praise God, beasts of the field, praise God. And then in verse 6, he includes death in this hymn of praise. And thou, our sister, gentle death, waiting to hush our latest breath. Hallelujah. Thou leadest home the child of God, and Christ our Lord the way has trod. For Francis, death leadeth the child of God home. If neither death nor life can separate us from the love of God, if love never ends, then life is eternal and God in death is just the horizon and the horizon is just the limit of our sight. Death is a complicated blessing. But the good news of the gospel on this complicated blessing is that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's in God's loving hands. May it be so. Amen.